Hello and welcome to the Voice of Progression. I am your host, David Cox. For the next several weeks, my co-host Mildred Cox and I will continue our talks on the topic, I Knew You Before, Do You Remember? These series of talks will hopefully help you identify the God in you and to spiritually guide you to the understanding that living from the inside out makes a major difference in how we experience life. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. Come take this journey with us as we explore, uncover, unfold, and remember who we are as spiritual beings. Freedom, the power or right to act or think as one wants without hindrance or restraints. John 8.36 says, Freedom, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Freedom. Are you experiencing freedom today? As spiritual beings, we are all supposed to be experiencing freedom. However, we do know that there are so many things that binds us People bind us. Situation binds us. Tries to binds us and tries to keep us in that place of not so much of physical slavery, but what we know as mental slavery because we have told ourselves that we are something other than who we are divine. Our divine nature has been denied its ability to experience what we call as freedom. Which is really who we are. We are free-spirited people. But somehow, that a part of who we say that we are is not fully expressed sometimes because of our daily life experiences, the things that we experience in life, everyday life, our past, or whatever. And it makes us forget truly who we are. There's a quote that comes from the Course of Miracles. It says, I remain as my father created me, perfect, complete, and whole. If you go to my Facebook page, it says that. And some people probably think, well, who does he think he is for saying that he is perfect, complete, and 
and whole. Well, I'm talking about the spiritual aspect of me, regardless to whatever you see about me that you might not like or my flaws or what I've even, even the experiences that I have allowed to affect me based upon my experiences or based upon what somebody else said or based upon about what I even thought about what you said and made what you said about me a part of who I am, I can hold on to the fact that I came here as perfect, complete, and whole because I was part of the great I am, which is the spiritual aspect of God, which is the spiritual aspect of who I am. And there's nothing that you can say or do about it until you recognize that that's who you are yourself. Now, I can't be responsible for you not knowing that you're perfect, complete, and whole. Many times our religion tells us you're born in sin and shapen in iniquity. And we, for some reason, have to repent of our sins, even as a child, because if we were born in sin, then that means you were sinful nature, that you were terrible before you even, but it's kind of like conflicting because Jeremiah, this in the story of Jeremiah, and God was speaking to Jeremiah to let him know. And I think this also represents uh, who we are. That's the reason why I wanted to use this as a title for you to remember who you are. God was speaking to Jeremiah, letting him know who he was as a spiritual being. And God is speaking to you today. And asking, do you remember when I placed you in the womb when you were perfect, complete, and whole? But something happened between that time and today. And a lot of it has to do with our religion. A lot of it has to do with what we were taught. A lot of it has to come through with some things that our parents might have done that might not have been working right spiritually with who we are or whatever experiences and so we adopted those things and we put on all of these different layers all of this different stuff that has happened in our lives that has hindered us to allow us to recognize and awaken to who we are as spiritual beings. You don't need to be saved from anybody other than yourself because you came as a divine creature, as a divine nature of God, as a representation of God, as Jesus Christ did in the flesh, which is a story in which we can look at ourselves. And some people say, well, that's so blaspheming because, you know, Jesus Christ is the supreme being. Well, Jesus Christ was a man who manifested the spirit of God in him. And he was trying to tell the folks while he was here that you were the same thing. And they killed him because of, because of that message. 
so many times people, you know, might not directly say things to me as during my waking period or whatever. And because of where I am right now, some people think I have turned my back on God and I know who I am from spiritually because I have, I had to take that, I had to take that hike back in memory lane. I had to, I had to unlearn all of the negative things that had impacted my life that had, had, where someone was trying to tell me of who I was and who I wasn't and what I could be and what I couldn't be and, um, hurts and, 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 and limitations and lack that I might have experienced in my life and someone telling me that I'm a minority and, 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 and I know for sure that I'm a majority because of who I came from ancestrally because we do know that you can get every other color out of black but you can't get a whole lot from out of the opposite. That's not to be offensive, but just even me saying that I will no longer consider myself as a minority because I am a majority. You can go on my Facebook page. When I when I recognize that day, I said, I will never, ever, ever come out of my mouth to call myself as a minority. I know what that means. I know what it, 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 it implicates I know what, what it does to make people want you to make you feel like you're a minority, but I will never live in that place because I am the majority. And so I say that with such conviction because it was something that I had to awaken up to. And as black people, sometimes we sometimes seem to forget who we really are. And how we have forgotten who we are over time based upon generations of generations of some things that happened to our ancestors in which they were stricken from their own identity, their own language, their own culture, some things that they had that they brought with them and it's been passed down over years to us. But there's so much that has been missing, so many things that have been lost, so many things have been restricted from us, so many things that, you know, in life, not so much that someone has done it to us, but that we have done it to ourselves in our minds. And this message goes broadways to all my listeners. <laughs> But because we're talking about Juneteenth and because of the fact that Juneteenth was a day in which we celebrated freedom for every person that's in this country that was not recognized on July the 4th in 1776 when they claimed that this was the day of independence. But African-Americans at that particular time were not even considered human. We were property. So in some senses, that is my day of freedom. I asked a question earlier about what are we free from? 
And there's so many layers that has to be torn back from the time that we are from today. Let's just even go just four days back of some things that we said that we wanted to do in life. Some things that we've been experiencing for over years or and might have just came back up in our mind as of June the 19th, the day of freedom, or the day that we said that we were free, and up to the day of the 23rd of June, 2021, and we're still bound. What are you free from? Do you remember the day that you came here perfect, complete, and whole? Do you remember the day that you were placed in the womb and God knew who exactly who you were and you and God was one and the spirit of God knew exactly who you were and you were not exposed to anything until you came out? And even with that, you were sanctified because it's stated even in Jeremiah that he was sanctified according to the scripture. And to me, that means that he was set aside to do something special, that you were here, created to come here to do something special because you were a divine being. You are an entity, an expression of God, spiritual being, having a human experience as we experience this everyday life of so much trauma and different things that's going on in our lives that we have to know how to be able to hold on to what we are and who knowing who we are and applying the spiritual attributes, the spiritual gifts, the spiritual nature that we have and don't let that determine, let the problems that we have determine who we are. Don't let these natural human fleshly experiences determine who we are as spiritual beings. Because then we're then we're told that we're chasing after God. When God was already part of you. I I said this in recording this podcast. I was having this idea and, I, and, and, and it came out in one of my cuts that it's kind of strange that you can be born as an innocent child, don't know anything, but then yet somehow we said that we were Born in sin and shaping in iniquity. That you are a sinful nature. Now, as a child, you did nothing when you came here. You didn't even know what your name is. You didn't even know, you know, all you know is your eyes are open. You started seeing these people that look familiar possibly to you or that you are connected spiritually to. And you were taking in everything that there was in life at that particular time. And there was a sense of freedom because you didn't have any restrictions upon your life. You were innocent. You were. You came forth to bring something, a special gift that God had given to you. And yet someone decided to tell you that you were sinful.
And then our traditional religion states that we need to give the child back to God. Now, I... Mm, I can understand the... Maybe why someone would do that. They want to just acknowledge God. Maybe if you're doing it because you're acknowledging that that child is God. Acknowledging the the divine potential, the seed of God that's in that child of what that child would bring forth, celebrating that. But not with the understanding that the child needs to be saved, that the child came as some kind of wretch. The child came with sin in its life and we're doing this today to give this child back to God so that the God, child would recognize who they are. Not so much, I wouldn't even say that they are, that they'll be saved. Saved from whom? Conflicting conversations. Our religion sometimes tells us stuff that's just so strange when you start thinking about it. It's like, why, why would you need to give the child back to God if God was in the child? But if we're learning it from the standpoint of that you are a spiritual being, you are an entity of the expression of God and God dwells within you, then we celebrate this life of God's expression coming forth into this world bringing forth new gifts, new ideas, new everything that they could possibly do as they bring forth this wonderful gift that we call life. It's a difference. And they say they do that up to the age, you know, I guess the child turns 13. I was baptized at 13 because then that's when I could make my own confession that I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I like to look at it as it was the day that I decided that I knew who I was. I I had to, I would like to interpret that as, as that the day that I awakened up to the divine nature of who I am. So that well, as, as age of 13, I might have been able to approach life a little bit different knowing that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience and that there's nothing impossible with God. The God in me, the the that I can live out my divine potential, that there's nothing that is keeping me back but myself when I let my mind tells me something other than I'm perfect, complete, and whole. Because I remain as my father created me. Perfect, complete, and whole. So we, we, we have all these layers. And these layers of life make us forget divinely, forget our, our divine nature of who we are. Because we're living our lives as human beings having a spiritual experience 
backwards. And to me, because then, you know, you're, you're chasing after God. You're chasing after something outside of you. And this religion, I hate to say it, and I'm going to say it, it came from our oppressors because that's not the way our ancestors were taught. Spirituality for our ancestors was dwelt spiritual. Ancestrally, we were spiritual. It's really kind of interesting that maybe that's the reason why there was such an important reason to make spirituality turn into something that's called religion and place all the restrictions so that you had to come to some man to then understand who you are. And then, of course, the Bible shows you that the man came to try to tell the people who he was and then they turned around and they killed him. Something ain't right about that. Crazy. So on, on, on June 19th, 1865, two months prior to that, Civil War was over. The slaves were no longer slaves, but for some reason, and the news didn't get to Galveston, Texas until June 19th, 1865. And... These slaves had no clue. They didn't even know that the war was over. They didn't have cell phones and all this major technology that we had. So can you just imagine going through life thinking that you were enslaved and you one day find out I'm no longer in bondage. <laughs> That's crazy, man. And so we're going to take a little time to listen to a former slaves who I believe the reason why they were able to endure so much was because they were connected. They knew, they knew that they had to know who they were in God, how they were connected to God. They had to know that God was within They had to know that their connection was from the inside out in order to endure the things that came upon them from their oppressors. Because their oppressors taught that the outward would give them their freedom. 
that the outward, that God that resides on the outside would provide for them and that they would get their reward after they obeyed their master. And when they die. So we're going to take this trip to Galveston, Texas, back in time in history. Two months after the Civil War was over. Slaves had already been freed and the news had not gotten to Galveston, Texas because they didn't have cell phones or computers. Somebody had to come and take the news and say, you know what, the war is over, and you know what, the slaves are free. And this is how a former slave described that day that they became free. Even emancipation didn't truly free the slaves. Freedom freed slaves for more travail. The end of the Civil War found many cast adrift without skills and no place to go. And the Yankees who freed them weren't always seen as benevolent liberators. I remember when the Yankees came along and took all the good horses and took all the, sort of all the meat and flour and sugar and stuff out in the river and they'd go down the river. And they know the people wouldn't have nothing to live on, but they done that. The ex-slaves left one hell for another, perhaps an even more dangerous one. No longer property, they didn't have the protections afforded property. When we were slaves, we couldn't do that. See? Mm -hmm. And if we got free, we didn't know nothing to do. And my mother, she then she hunted places and bound us out for about a month. But we didn't have no property, we didn't have no home. We had nowhere, nothing. We didn't have nothing on it, just uh, like the cattle. We were just turned out and uh, get along the best you could. In Texas, the slaves weren't told they were free until two months after the war ended. Smalley remembers that her masters gave the slaves a dinner, and then they were free. I don't hide the other side of folks, you know, freedom. We didn't know. They just thought, you know, just freedom, you know. Some of them didn't know where to go. You see, after freedom, go, just, turn, just like you turned some out, you know. Didn't know where to go. But just where to stay. Mm -hmm. Didn't where to go. In the narratives, the slaves used an interesting phrase for the end of slavery. They say, when the break came. Good times, easy times, were not at hand. The trials for millions of black Americans didn't end in 1865. They continued. Yes. Emancipation did not fully free the slaves. 
Freedom freed slaves to more travail. I want to thank John Brooks' YouTube that is entitled Ex-Slaves Talk About Slavery in the U.S. and provided the sound bites of former slaves speaking about the day that they became free. They were facing even more bigger problems than the ones that they had prior to slavery or prior to the day that they were set free. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And in order for one to get back to that place of knowing what freedom looks like, of knowing that one is perfect, complete, and whole, understanding that you remain as your father created you well before you were in the womb, you were sanctified, and you came forth here as an expression of God to express God in the flesh as the great example Jesus Christ did who then turned around and said greater works you shall do greater things you shall do greater demonstrations of the power of God that dwells within you will allow you to experience the abundance. He said, for I came to give you life and life more abundance. And I'm asking you today, what is binding you? What is keeping you from living in the place of freedom? Connect with the divine nature of God that dwells within your heart, mind, and soul and experience the freedom, the spiritual gift of God that provides the solutions to everything that binds us. Tap in. Go back in history to the time before you were in your mother's womb. Identify the Christ that's within you and live. Do you remember? Do you 